welcome to the Hungry Authors Podcast. A hungry author is someone who is, quite simply, hungry for it. They're willing to do what it takes to achieve their writing dreams. If that resonates, you're in the right place. I'm Ariel. And I'm Liz. We're two book coaches, editors, and writers here to help you get there. We interview experts and chat about all things publishing and writing to educate and build a community of successful writers, whatever that means to you. Welcome. Let's get started. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Hungry Authors Podcast. So we just finished this long, wonderful series on traditional publishing and the work that it takes to get traditionally published. We talked all about proposals and making great connections and um, how to find an agent and all kinds of things. But that, as we know, as Hungry Authors, is not our only option. Self-publishing has just as many benefits and it can be an even better choice for you depending on who you are and what your goals are. So we want to switch gears today and talk about self-publishing. And so we've invited our friend Jake Kelfer onto the show. So welcome, Jake. Hey, it's so great to, to be here and talk all things self-publishing. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so tell us a little bit about you and um, and your your job in publishing. Yeah, so so let me let me give you a little background here. Okay, I'll give you kind of the, the story that got us here. So I had a dream to be in the NBA, okay? You're like, wait a second, NBA, that's not even close to, to publishing. You're right, it's not. <laughs> I wanted to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. But as a 5'8 Jewish kid from the suburbs, I realized that that dream was uh, gonna get cut a little bit short. And so I said, if I can't play in the NBA, let me represent the best NBA players in the world. I wanna help them get noticed. And so what happened was, I go to college, I study it, I get internships, I'm doing everything I can to, to make my dream of being an agent happen. And right before graduation, I actually get told that the job I wanted is no longer available, the agency's on a hiring freeze, and I was like, whoa. Right before I graduate my second semester senior year, I'm gonna be hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt from USC. And now I have the first real like, oh shit moment of life isn't gonna go exactly the way I thought. Because my plan, okay, was get a job, be one of the youngest agents to represent lottery picks, make a shit ton of money, buy a house, buy an island, and then get married, have kids, and then start speaking and writing books. Because I thought that in order to write books, you had had to achieve a certain level of success or a certain amount of money in your bank account. So fast forward, I'm working with the Lakers, okay? I graduate college. I end up getting a job to start my career with the Lakers and we'll go super deep into all this stuff when it comes to self-publishing, but I actually end up writing my first book at 22 years old. And I launched it when I was 23 years old, when Kobe retired, I retired and I launched my very first self-published book called Elevate Beyond. Now, fast forward over the next few years, I still work in basketball, but every time I needed to level up my career, I said, you know what? Let me write a book on that topic. It's going to be the next thing that takes me to the next level. And so I did that. 2018, I wrote my second book. Now the pandemic happens in 2020. All of a sudden, speaking gets shut down, basketball work gets shut down, and it's like, we gotta make some adjustments here. So what did I do? I wrote my third book called The Elevated Entrepreneur. And in that time, in 2021, everybody at this point was asking me, Jake, how are you able to write all these books while running multiple businesses? How are you able to do this? How are you able to make a living off of it? How are you get speaking gigs? Like, tell me the secret sauce. And so I did, I was just helping people for fun. And then one of my coaches was like, Jake, 
you're sitting on something here. Wake up, wake up. And she goes, you need to start teaching people this and actually build something out and make this your business. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. And then I thought about it more. And she's like, look, I'll have you do a presentation. Just teach people what it would be like for them to like go from here to paper, from your head to paper. So I did that. And I had a bunch of people said, Jake, I'm ready to go. Like, what do you have? I'm like, I don't know. So then I end up at the top of 2022. I say, we're shutting everything else down. We're going all in on this. It's not just a fun hobby anymore. This is the direction of our entire business. And that's when Big Idea to Bestseller was birthed. And since then, our entire focus of what I do is we help entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and experts write and publish and launch nonfiction books so that they can grow their business and make an impact. And that's what takes us here to, to today. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. You remind me of like Alexander Hamilton. You're just like writing your way into everything that you want to accomplish. I love it so much. Um, so, and I also think that you definitely win for having the most like unconventional background of all of our guests to date. And I love your story too, because I think a lot of people believe that to be a great writer, to be a successful entrepreneur, um, or at least a sex successful author, you have to have been an English major and you have to, you know, have worked at a publishing house and, you know, that is my background, but I know so many people like you who have very unconventional and, you know, outside the box ways that they've come to this space. So I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. And I mean, look, I think it comes down to two things. I'm going to use your word here right now. Your guys' word of hungry. You need to be hungry if you want to write a book and it's not your background. All right, you got to figure out a way to make it happen. Look, I didn't have publishers waiting to say yes for my first book. I was 22 years old with one year of work experience and I wrote a career development book. The irony is crazy on that one, right? But like it worked. And the second thing like you need to have is you need to have the team, the accountability, the support, the people who do know the things that you probably aren't that good at, right? When my book goes into the editor's hands, my life is changed. I call them my Harry Potters, okay? They are wizards, okay? They make me so much better than what I already am. Now, that's not to say I'm not a great writer, but it's to say that we can get picked up by people in the process who are experts at what they do so that we can create the best book to impact other people, which is why we write in the first place. Yeah, amazing. Beautifully put. So I want to talk about this idea of credentials, which, and I love your story because to the outsider, you basically had none, right? You're 22. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we have a lot of people in our audience who reach out to us all the time who feel the same way. They don't have credentials. I don't have a PhD. I don't have an interesting story. Like Ariel said, I don't have a connection. I don't have a MFA in creative arts or something like that. And so something we advocate for a lot is building your own credentials, either going out externally and doing something, you know, practicing in public, getting some sort of credibility or finding your own unique angle within yourself, just calling yourself credentialed and just letting that be enough, you know? So tell me about what it felt like at 22 to pick yourself and give yourself permission to do this kind of without anybody else giving you the go ahead. Yes. The, the, I want to say this statement that I'm about to make, but then I want to take you back to what it was really like. Yeah. The only credential you need to write a book is you saying 
I'm writing a book. That's right. That is the only credential you need is you need to be alive to be able to share these words. And shit, sometimes you don't even need to be alive. Someone else will write the words for you. But <laughs> assuming that you want to do it while you are alive, that is literally the only credential you need because your story matters. The things you've experienced matters. The way that you've done something is different than the way someone else does it, even if you are going after the same thing. Look, there is a reason that books are never going anywhere because people keep reading and reading and reading. And here's the thing. It's not zero sum game. Just because somebody read Tony Robbins does not mean that they will not read your book. As a matter of fact, they are more likely to read your book because they want to keep consuming that type of information. Okay. Now let me take you back to the real question of the credentials. I want to put you in this situation here. I'm 22 years old. I'm working for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm working for my idol, Kobe Bryant, one of my favorite NBA players. I'm working for the team and I'm just wildly inspired by him. And I'm like, damn, like, how do I make an impact like this? And the truth was, is I didn't have anything that I could do. And so I came home one day after a game and I asked myself, I said, what if I don't need to change the entire world today? What if I could just change one person's world? And then I thought deeper. I said, okay, how do we want to make this happen? I said, what do I know and how can I help people? Now, remember, I'm 22 years old. I don't know a lot and I don't know really how I can help people. But here's what I did know. All of my college fraternity brothers and my brother and his friends who were three and a half years younger than me in college, they came to me for networking, interviewing, internships, resumes, jobs. And I said, aha, I don't know much, but I know more than they do. And that's where I started. Fast forward six months. Now I have a book that's ready to be launched. Here's the next phase though. Everybody's talking shit behind my back, being like, what are you doing? You're giving up your job at the Lakers to write a book. Like, who do you think you are? And I'm over here like, who do I think I am, right? Like, what if, what if this book fails? What if nobody buys it? What if my parents are the only ones that support it? What if like, I'm a failure before I even started? What if the book sucks? Like every doubt comes in because I didn't have those credentials because I didn't have anyone that really supported outside of like a few people in my inner circle. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I was talking with my dad and my dad looks at me and he says, Jake, I I don't know if you're going to sell five copies or 5 million copies, but I can promise you this. If you put yourself out there and release this book, great and unexpected things are going to happen. That was May 1st, 2016. We are now in 2023. I have four best-selling books before I turn 30 years old. I've traveled the entire world as a motivational speaker. I've been able to have my book and course syllabi across the country. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of the experience that came because I took a chance on me and I gave myself the credentials that my voice mattered and I could help somebody. And I'll leave you here with this and then we could dig in deeper. You do not need to be the world's foremost expert to be effective. I sure as heck wasn't. What you do need to be, especially in the nonfiction world, is one to two steps ahead of where your ideal reader is, because that can be transformational. 
Yes. I have heard that um, from a few people and you were just like living proof of that truth. So that is, that is so true. And so I'm curious, you know, you help a lot of people like you who, you know, maybe don't have credentials, who are just like taking a risk on themselves or saying yes to their dream. They're just going for it. And that's amazing. But I also know that self-publishing can have a lot of benefits for people who are more established too. Can you just talk about, um, talk about some of the benefits for people who might have like a business already established or kind of already have their, you know, the rest of their career a little bit more figured out. What are some of the benefits of self-publishing for those kinds of people too? Of course, there's really two different angles of how people write books, right? You have people that use the book as the launch pad to start something new, to make a transition or to make an evolution in their career, their life or their business. Or you have people that are already crushing it, that are already established that are like, you know what? I need this book because I want to get to that next level. So let's take this person. This can be an entrepreneur, a consultant, a motivational speaker, a real estate agent, uh, an affiliate marker, a spiritual being like an, an executive, like, like it really doesn't matter. A psychologist, a therapist, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But let's say they want to go to that next level. The minute you have a book, you are immediately in a different stratosphere than everybody else in your line of work. Okay especially when you're in a line of work where there's not as many authors, right? In the entrepreneurial world, there are more authors because people understand the value of it. But when you are a dentist and you put out a book, you now are immediately like, oh my gosh, they have the book. They're in a different world. And here's some of the benefits of what, what this can do for you. One is the credibility and the perception of people around you. Okay. For some reason, our society puts authors on a pedestal. So immediately upon having the book, you are now on a pedestal to the average person in society, making you more credible, which making you more trustworthy. Trust is how people make decisions. Okay. But the second thing is you can use this for business, right? You can use this as a networking tool. How many people have reached out to people never to get a response? A lot of us. Well, guess what? When you have a book, not only does your outreach have a higher return in terms of response rates, but it allows you to get past the gatekeeper. Let me give you an example of how you can use this if you are really successful and you write a book and you want to use it to get onto more podcasts or you want to build that brand around your business to generate more clients. Well, maybe there's a podcast and you, and you don't really know the, the host of it. So what you do is you reach out to their assistant and you say, hey, I just wrote a brand new book on this. I love this person's podcast. I'd love to send them a copy of my book. No strings attached. I just want to send them a copy of my book. And the gatekeeper, the assistant, and often, oftentimes, because when you get to a certain level, right, people, time is protected. And the gatekeeper will say, hey, here's the address. And this is either the home address or, or the office address. Now you have just approached a gold mine because now you can send a copy of your book. You can put the note, a custom handwritten note inside the cover of the book or in an actual like note. And that could be what you would have sent via email to that person. And now think about it one step further. Emails barely get open these days. But guess what? When you get a package from Amazon, when you get a package that arrives at your doorstep, when it's like, ooh, what is this? The response rate, the open rate is 100%. As long as you see it, you will open that 100%. And then what happens by doing that is now you're top of mind and you have opportunity to build relationships. It can be used for lead generation. It can be used as a paid product. It can be used as so many different things. It could be used as a keynote for your speeches, for your future workshops. Like I could go on and on and on, but I just wanted to give like a few to just get us going here to show people how possible 
you can create with your book. I love that. Yes. So good. And I think you're completely right that it's like, I've heard, even heard it called before. It's like the modern day business card now, almost like, um, it's certainly more than that. That's a really reductive, but you know, it's like just this amount of credibility that it lends you, um, and memorability. Like people just, yeah. I mean, remember people that have written books, you know, <clears throat> pardon me. I want to back up a little bit to something you said earlier about how you realized that people were coming to you in your real life and asking you about networking and, you know, making connections or maybe building a business. So this is something that we help people with a lot, this ideation stage. And um, one thing we advocate for is practicing in public, putting stuff out there to elicit exactly what people were doing to you. What is the one thing that people are always asking you about? Maybe it might be more than one thing, but you know, when it comes to a book, like you want one big idea, right? So what is the one thing that people are looking to you for? And it might be something that comes very natural to you that is easy to overlook. We find that a lot with people. They kind of want to write this really complex thing. And then we're like, yeah, but like everyone comes to you for this. But it's easy to overlook because it's so natural for you and you do it so well and it's easy for you, but not for others. So tell me about um, advice you give to people who are looking for this. They know they want to be authors. They maybe they love to write or they have a business. How do you help them find that big idea? This is such a, a good question. And we literally hosted an entire live event around this because it's such an important thing. Mm-hmm. And look, I think that there are often two types of people. Okay. You have what I call many ideas, Mary, and you have clueless Connors. Many ideas, Mary is the person that has all these different ideas that they could write a book on and they can't get, they can't commit to one because they're like, well, if I do this, then I'm alienating this. Or if I go this route, like it limits what is possible. It limits my audience. Right. And then the second side of it is you have clueless Connors. They know they want to write a book, but they just have no clue what it really should be about. And so when it comes to finding your, your big idea, what we always say, and I love how you said, like, like, what do people already come to you for? I think that's one of the huge, huge things. But I also want people to ask is like, what is the transformation you've gone through? What are the questions people ask you all the time? What are you repeating over and over and over again? Okay. Depending on your line of work, what are you getting messaged about in the DMs? What are the frequently asked questions in your industry, right? It doesn't just have to be about what you get, but it could be about what are the industry leaders getting asked about all the time, right? Take it one step further. And I would ask everybody, especially if you have a bunch of different ideas is, well, what is the whole purpose? We call it intention. What is the whole intention you have for writing this book, right? If it's to share your story and the end result is you have the book of your story and that's all you desire. There is a different reason you would write that book than if you are trying to come up with an idea that will leverage credibility and make you the authority in a particular topic. So I would always ask those questions to start. And then we have a process of like, how do you validate that idea? But I think it's so important that no matter where anybody's at in their idea journey is to really ask yourself, like, what is the purpose of me writing this book? What, what is my intention? Do I want to make money? Do I want to create a course on the back end, a coaching program, a keynote? Do I want to just share my story so my kids know my truth? Whatever your reason is, 
own that reason. And then oftentimes the idea falls into place itself. I think that's a fantastic point. Um, so tying it kind of back to self-publishing, you know, you, you talked about how the world kind of puts authors on a pedestal and a lot of people come to me and Liz really wanting to do traditional publishing because I think the world also kind of puts traditional publishing on a pedestal. Um, but you have found that traditional publishing isn't necessarily giving people a leg up self-publishing can, it sounds like give you just as much of an advantage as traditional publishing. So if someone comes to you and they're like trying to decide between traditional publishing and self-publishing, how would you kind of steer them and kind of help them make that decision? And like, what do you see as some of the benefits of self-publishing maybe over traditional publishing for certain authors? Yeah. I mean, unbelievable question. And it's a very simple answer for me. If you need traditional publishing help, talk to you guys, <laughs> you know, like, like you guys have all the podcasts on that. That's, that's your Perfect. lane. That, like, you, like heard you, guys, him. you heard him right. Yeah. Like, like you guys are so good at that. And, you know, I've interviewed you. I've talked to you about this. Like there, there's, there are benefits to doing it. Okay. I'm not going to necessarily say one is better than the other. However, here's what I will say from my experience, 99 plus percent of the people that we work with traditional publishing shouldn't even be on their radar because here's why one, you don't have the audience that a traditional publisher wants. And therefore they're not going to invest in you, right? It's a two way street. You got to have a partnership. And if you don't have an audience, then they're going to be like, well, we might love your story, but you're not going to help us sell copies. So now you're spending time just to face a ton of rejection, which can be really demoralizing and stop the momentum of, of your project and of your dream. And I don't want that for you, but here's one of the biggest things that I see. Okay. A lot of people who want to write nonfiction books are using it to grow their business in some way, shape or form, legacy, credibility, lead generation, more clients, building their keynotes off of it, using it to create social content, giving their book away, et cetera. Now here's where it gets interesting. We show people how to do this process in six months or less. Okay. Now, a lot of traditional people are going to say, Jake, eh, you're just doing the, the fast path. It's not real good quality books. And I hear you because there's a lot of bad rap around amateur looking self-published books. Okay. There's a big difference between a shitty self-published book and a professionally published self-published book. Okay. So now, now that we got that out of the way and you're not competing with all the jabronis out there, now that you're competing against the real people who are creating something of high quality because they care, they want to make impact and they want to do something good for the world and themselves. Now you get into the true benefit, in my opinion, based on people who want to use a book to grow their business, which is time. When you self publish your book, that is potentially a six month process. Or I just did this. I wrote my rough draft in 17 days. It was 35,000 words. And I launched by day 87 hitting bestseller status. And this is my best book so far to date. Why? I had the right team and I was hungry going back to what I said earlier. So self-publishing, you can go as fast as you want. Now on the traditional side. Okay. And you guys just had a bunch of episodes all about this time frame, how to do all this stuff, but it might take three to four months to create your proposal. It may take three to four months to find an agent. It may take three or four months to go to the next level. It may take three or four months to get the publisher. That could be a year and change before you even have a deal. Then you have to write the book, go through the process. And of course, like I said, there are benefits for certain people to do that. Right. But a lot of people that, that I talk to, I say, look, 
Would you rather write, publish, and launch your book in six months and then have 12 months to market it and use it for your business growth? Or do you want to be locked in? And yeah, you could do pre-launch and pre-hype and all that stuff for 18 to 36 months before you even have a chance to use the book. So that's one of the big benefits, in my opinion, of self-publishing is you have the time control. Factor that in with actual control and then royalty ownership. And that's where I see it being a real big difference because one of the things that I always encourage authors to do is give away your book. It's much harder to give away your book when you have to take care of your publisher's royalties and their cut first. And so when you can yes. give away your book and have your ownerships and have 100% ownership to your rights, your royalties and the book, that enables you to get more creative with marketing. And I've seen for me, that pays 100x more than the 7 to $10 royalty I get on Amazon. And so there is just a difference when it comes to the marketing mindset when you have that full ownership. That's what I've seen work really, really well for myself and some of our, our clients in terms of the self-publishing benefits. And I love that just at the top of that question, you said, maybe this is for you if you don't have a platform because traditional publishers won't want to partner with you. Like we spend so much time talking to people about platform, how to overcome having a small one, how to grow a big one you know, just like how to kind of finagle your way around this obstacle when it comes to traditional publishing, do, do traditional publishers overemphasize it, you know, that sort of a thing. And, you know, that's a whole different discussion, but I love that at the top, you're just like, okay, so you don't have one. They might not want you get over it, do it your way. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. Like it might not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And it doesn't have to be an obstacle, especially if you just want to take things into your own hands and you don't even have to worry about it, you know? And I also want to add to this, okay, just because you don't have a huge following or just because a publisher doesn't accept your proposal or want to work with you, that does not mean your book is not good. That does right. not mean your book doesn't have the potential to achieve everything you've ever dreamed of wanting to do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take you, I want to take you back and, and share some tangible stuff here with my first book. I had no following, no email list. I had no idea what I was doing. Okay. This was 2016 when this book came out. All right. I launched my book May 1st, 2016, became an Amazon bestseller with hundreds and hundreds of copies sold. Amazing. I thought my life was changed. I was like, this is crazy. Like every friend, by the way, when you write a book, every friend, even if they're not related to your business comes out of the woodworks and is like, holy shit. Like you did it. Like you did the thing that I was just making fun of you for the other day. Right? Like you did it. Like you actually committed to it and you did something. And like, like I said, people now see you differently. And oftentimes people who want to write these books want that like sense of achievement, sense of accomplishment. So I write this book in May. Now, after that book came out, I'm a bestseller. I go to Europe for my first Euro trip. It was already planned. It was like a celebration and also my first time ever in Europe. And I come back, I come back and I'm like, cool. That was fun. Like books done, like books out, like it'll, we'll see what happens with it. And so that's when someone tells me, Hey, you can be a motivational speaker. Now I was like, what are you talking about? They go, Jake, you can be a motivational speaker. You could speak on your book. I said, yeah, but in order to be a motivational speaker, remember how I thought you had to have all the success before you could give back and start being a speaker. And they, and they, and I said to them, I said, yeah, but, but in order to be a motivational speaker, you have to be somebody. And this person looked at me and they said, I'm getting the chills as I'm saying this right now. And he goes, Jake, but you are somebody you're a best-selling author. Yes. And I was like, 
you're right. And that's, that's enough for me. I'm a hungry dude. Like I'm gonna make stuff happen. That flipped the switch by September. I had my first paid speaking gig. Okay. May 1st, I go to Europe in June, September. I decide I'm a speaker. I get my first paid speaking gig, travel included $1,500 per day. And I'm like, I'm rich. Like I've made it. You know, I'm telling my mama, I'm like, mama, this is amazing. You know, I make it October, another paid gig. Now I really thought this was going to be too easy, but I had a lot to learn and I didn't know what I was really doing. I just had that like beginner, like that good vibe mojo, you know, like when you put something out into the world that helps people and you commit to doing it, like people are going to come back tenfold to reciprocate. And then it got a little bit harder once I actually started to learn what I was doing, but I I never like fully understood the power of this. And so when you look at this, you know, you talked about this, like you may not have a small, you may have a small audience. It doesn't matter. My book got picked up in colleges around the world because of one person's connection. And so I want to tell you this, when you are writing a book, when you are building a business, you do not need everybody in the world to like you to be successful. You need the right people to love you. And that right there is the difference in mindset that will allow you to finish your book, publish your book, launch your book, and achieve success with your book because the right people will always find you if you put yourself in an opportunity for them to to have a chance. Ooh, that is so, so good. I love that so much. And I have seen that happen too with one of my authors. I'm going to brag on her for um, a minute. Her name is Meg Geis-White. And she published um, a book actually in January um, called intoxicating lies. And it's about her journey to overcome, um, gray area drinking it's called. So like, she wasn't really like a full scale, you know, rock bottom alcoholic, but she was uncomfortable with her dependence on alcohol. There was like a level of discomfort there and she wanted to get over it. And so during the pandemic, she went sober and she wrote this memoir about that journey. And when we started working together, I asked her like, so, so what's your next step after this book? Are you going to coach other people through, you know, the same journey that you went through? And she was like, oh no, 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 no. I could never do that. I, you know, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm a, I'm a pharmaceutical salesperson. I'm not a guru. I'm not a coach. I'm not any of those things. And I was like, yeah, but once this book is out in the world, people are going to find it and they're going to want to know, and they're going to want to know how you did it. And they're going to want your help and encouragement. And she was like, I don't know if I could do that. Well, here we are like a a year later. And I just saw, she posted on Instagram this morning that she's now speaking at conferences. She has a coaching business. She is doing all the things. And I was like, girl, you did it. Like you totally did it. And it's just so neat to see how that definitely comes true. Like that comes to fruition and her book is technically self-published like, and it's fantastic. It's really high quality. And that was something else I wanted to touch on too, is I think one of the like number one things that I hear from people when it comes to self-publishing is I don't want my book to be low quality. Two of the books that I, um, that I worked on last year that were published last year and were sent to me were self-published and they are the most beautiful books that I received from my authors last year. Like they are gorgeous. And like, you would never know that they're self-published, whatever that means. Like, I don't think people realize that self-publishing means you have control over the quality. So if you don't like the quality of a self-published book, it's because you don't like the choices that the author made but you can make different choices. And that's one of the most powerful aspects of self-publishing, I think, is that you have that control and you can make those decisions for your book. 
Yeah. And, and look, when it comes to that too, is you get to choose what editor, you get to choose what cover designer, you get to choose what formatter you use. You get to choose, do I like this proof copy? Do I not? Do I want to change it? Scrap it, right? Like there's so much choice. And I think that, you know, if you, if we take a second to like scope out for a second, right? At the end of the day, when it comes to life, business, everything, a lot of us want the ability to have choice choice in our schedule, choice in our finances, choice in our partnerships, choice in what we do when we wake up. And the same thing goes for when you self-publish the book is you give yourself permission to choose. And that choice, you may make a bad one, but guess what? When you self-publish, you can change that choice later, <laughs> you know? And, and there are so many really cool things, but I think that the power of choice should not be understated because it allows us to do the things that we ultimately want and it serves as an extension of who we are and our brand and ultimately our choices. Jake, talk to me a little bit about another concern that comes up when people talk about self-publishing and are considering self-publishing is distribution. Okay, so I can write this myself. I have all this agency. I love it. But without the backing of a traditional publisher, how do I actually get it into people's hands? Tell me about your, what's, you know, basically your answer to that question or what you help people do when it comes to just getting it out there. Liz, I have so many comments to make here. Okay. You're going to have to cut me short on this. I guarantee it. But, but here's, here's where I do want to start. Here's where I want to start. And I want to make another bold statement for you guys. Okay. If you don't talk about your book, if you don't put your book into someone else's hands, nobody is going to put your book into somebody's hands. Yeah. Okay. Let me give an example of what I mean by this. James Clear, traditionally published guy. But do you know what he did the six to nine months prior to his book coming out that allowed him to take off? It wasn't the distribution channels necessarily. Those helped because he was going to have an unbelievable book, but it was him getting in the right communities, him getting on the right podcast him cultivating the people he wanted to outreach, the people he wanted to give books to. And he talks about this on Tim Ferriss's podcast. And so if James Clear doesn't have big enough ego to say, oh, I only need one distribution channel, then nobody that's listening to this podcast should have anything because he's one of the biggest authors of the past decade, period. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get into some actual, you know, okay, Jake, that's cool. But like, tell me like actually what, what to do here. Look, when you self-publish, there's so many different ways that are not traditionally distributed. And that is your advantage. When you are self-published, you can give copies of your book. You can give them away, paperback or ebook, however you want, as many times as you want to. So let me give you an example of this, okay? People are worried about distribution. Why don't you be worried about how many hands have your book? Let me give you the math behind this. Each book cost me $3.02. Let's go to $3. I can ship this book for about 5 to $6 total. I'm all in. I give 100 copies of this book away. That's $500 to $600 I have now invested in my book. And now at the very baseline, 100 people have my book in their hands. That's a W. But the bigger thing here is using a book to grow your business is this. If two people buy a $5,000 offer that I may have on the back end or hire me to speak for $5,000 offer, that is a 2% conversion rate. And that is $10,000. So let me ask you this, both of you, and I would love a verbal. Would you trade $600 to get $10,000? Yeah. thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. You're, <laughs> Liz, you're like, wait, Jake, what? Is this, is this a trick question? No. Like, I mean, is this but, a trick question? <laughs> but this is, this is 
the power of you being your distributor is you have these yes. choices, right? right? You can use right. it however you want, but let's also talk about it from a speaking standpoint. Okay. And I have, I have friends who are traditionally published and this is something that they always talk to me about. If you do speaking engagements and then you want to sell your book at the back of the room, or you want to offer them a bulk discount. Okay. Again, $3 and two cents is what I pay. That's not what you're going to pay. So yeah, you may get an extra distribution line, but guess what? I'm making an extra five to $10 of my book. You sell a couple thousand copies, bada bing, bada bang, cha-ching. Okay. Look, I call book sales on Amazon, online, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, whatever. That's fantastic. For most people, I call this Borat money. Okay. I call this Borat money. You want to know why? Because it's very nice, but there's no real monetization there at the high level unless you are in the select few that their book goes nuts. Okay. I'm not saying you can't make money with book sales, but what I am saying is if your goal is business and high ticket clients, creating a course, getting keynotes, getting booked, then you shouldn't be worried about the $7 royalty that comes from a traditional standpoint. Now it's very nice when someone else helps you get your book out there. So now let me give you one more example here of distribution as a self-published author. You can do something called the free plus shipping funnel, where you are giving away your book for free in exchange for them covering the shipping. Now, if you do this, you can fulfill yourself. But one of the beauties of self-publishing is you don't need to have a ton of inventory. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's all print on demand. But let's take it even one step further. You can, in theory, have a fulfillment center, distribute your books for you. So there are so many ways to have high levels of distribution, but it goes back to what is your actual goal of having this book? And then what are the pros and cons of both, right? And so for example, I'll give one more example. Sorry, I know I said I won't, but I will. Is this, okay, my book right here. This book came out December of 2022, okay? At the time of this recording, we're entering April of 2023, okay? We've given away well over probably 250 copies within the last 30 days of this book. Giving away those books, okay, just in the last 30 days has contributed to tens of thousands of dollars of revenue in the business. Since December of the time this book came out, we've been able to use the book to give to prospects, to get them to come to a live event to then sign with our high ticket programs, okay? I'll give you one more example. I know, more examples, Jake. Come on, are you kidding me? Slow it down. I want to give an example of one of our clients so of how he's used his book to distribute him, his, his books. This is his guy named Joe. Joe's an incredible guy. He writes a book. He's an educator. This is going to sum up like everything we've talked about too. He's an educator. He's a VP at a college. Okay. He helps people go through college and after college, everyone's like, well, how do I enjoy my life? How do I enjoy the job? I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life. So Joe stops being an educator and he says, I'm going to coach those people. I have this network, etc." So he says, well, what am I writing about? Well, he's going to write about how to help people navigate their 20. His book becomes Enjoy the Grind, How to Find Happiness in Your 20s. He writes this book. Within three months of him writing his book, he now has five paid workshops book. The Houston Astros organization brings him in and talk to their sales team for their young employees. He has colleges buying bulk order copies for every single one of their students upon graduating. So distribution, shit. Joe's buying these copies and giving them away like hotcakes to get that bigger return. So I just want to show, I, w- I hope that as I'm getting really intense with all this, that everyone that's listening sees it as like, if they can do it, I can do it too. Because this is possible for you as soon as you say, I want this book. 
And with you guys, the way you help people is so incredible. The way I help people is so incredible. Like books are no longer just a dream. It's no longer just for the celebrities. That's what self-publishing does. It's no longer just for the people with big following. Books are available for you the minute you choose that you deserve to write it, that you want your story to be told. And that's the magic. That's so, so well said. And thank you for sharing all those examples. I like them. So keep them coming. Um, but I do think that, you know, all of this kind of goes to show too, is that when you have, when, when you self-publish, I think it is a lot easier for people to get into that hungry author's mindset. Sometimes I feel like the challenge that we have when people come to us really wanting to traditional pub, traditionally publish is we tell them, you still have to be hungry for it. You still have to you know, bust ass and like work your little butt off as much as you can to make that book successful. That level of effort is still required, sometimes even more for traditional publishing. And people tend to think that if I traditionally publish, things are just going to happen automatically yeah. for me. The publisher is going to market my book. Things are just going to magically unfold. And this like red carpet is going to be laid out in front of me. And that's not the case. And so a lot of people are, you know, disheartened and disillusioned after going through, through the traditional publishing process when they realize that doesn't happen. And I think honestly, a lot more people are excited about self-publishing and end up becoming advocates for self-publishing because they've had the right mindset from the start. That's something that I see potentially being a lot easier with, you know, that self-publishing route. Well, it's also, it's also interesting that you, that you mentioned like the marketing of your book, right? Mm -hmm. This is one of probably the biggest misconception in books, period, is yeah. once my book is published and it's available on Amazon, which is the number one bookstore in the world, as we know, mm -hmm. all the sales are going to flood in and I'm going to be rich. I'm going to sell 100,000 copies. I'm going to be rich and it's going to be amazing. And it's purely passive income. Well, I hate to break it to you, but that's not often the case for most people. And so no matter if you're traditionally published or self-published, right? Just because your book is available does not mean people are going to buy it. You could be the world's greatest author, have the best book, but if nobody knows about it, and if nobody knows about you and what your book can do for them, then nobody gives a shit. And I hate to be that, that real, but that's the truth. And so I want you guys to understand no matter which route you choose, like when you commit to writing a book, this is your book. You got to own it. You got to decide that this is going to be the vehicle. I call this the fast pass, right? It's like Disneyland. You have a fast pass. You skip the line. All right. You get on more rides. You have more fun. Your book is the fast pass to your success and your life enjoyment. All because you have the book, you get to the front of the line. You have a book, you get more response rates. You have a book, you get more clients. That's the beauty of having it. But it really comes down to like, no matter which avenue you go, you will still have to put in the work once the book is done in order for people to get their, their copy, in order for people to understand why your book is so amazing. Because you know it is, I know your book's amazing, but other people have to know. Yeah, And this is actually why some people who have been traditionally published for their second, third, fourth book, they switch and they self-publish. Like, because they get this, they, they do a round of traditional publishing, they realize they have to put in all that work anyway. So why not make, you know, all the money from it? <laughs> like, why not have more control? Why not do it faster? Like I, I had a meeting last year with a mega, like two time New York times bestselling author who like, I know it's super annoying, but I can't like mention him on the podcast, but basically like he has two huge traditionally published books and we met because he's going to self publish. And I was like, 
why? And he was like, I know enough people I've done it before and I want to do it faster and I want to do it my way and I want to make all the royalties. And I was like, fair enough. That <laughs> sounds good. You know, like, so sometimes people switch because of exactly that. Yeah. And I, I just heard of someone else who's a fairly large name. They traditionally published and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. But after six months, they didn't do anything for him. Like it was kind of just like sitting there and yet he still was giving it. So he actually bought back the book from the publisher so that he could have all the rights to That's the book crazy. so that he could move it forward and, and kind of be in control again. And so, yeah. you know, I think, I think it's so cool how we, we can share all these stories, but at the end of the day, it's, it's your choice, you know, like yeah. you can choose. And if one direction doesn't work, try the other one. And if one really works, keep doing it. Right. Like I think there's no, I'm a self-publishing guy. I'm a professionally publishing guy, but I also think like, look, if your dream is to be traditionally published, like pursue the dream. And then if it works amazing. And if it doesn't, there's another option and vice versa. If you yes. want to self-publish and you're loving it and they're like, you know what, maybe I should try traditional this time. Let me, let me see if it's better. Maybe I'll like it better because every single one of us is different. All right. We think like it's two choices, self or traditional, but every reason of why we doing it, everybody's schedule is different. Your time availability is different. The finances you have is different. The jobs you currently have, everybody's different. And at certain points in your life, it may make sense to try different things based on why you want to do it. Yes, that is so, so true. So well said. So, okay, you've convinced us self-publishing is a great option. Let's just say our, our listeners are in, they're excited. What does that process look like? So let's say they're like, cool, Jake has convinced me. I want to self-publish my book. What do I do next? The first step that you're going to want to take is to get a free copy of my book, Big Idea Investor. No, I'm just kidding. There you go. There you go. <laughs> promote it. Promote it. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll promote it at the end. We'll promote it at the okay. end. But but here's here's what I always tell people. Okay, when you when you really decide that okay, I'm convinced to self-publish. Like I'm going to start writing my book. One of the biggest things that I see is people say, "All right, I'm in," and they try to start writing their book. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the biggest mishaps that you can possibly do to start. And so what I always say is you have to do what I call the five must do's. Okay. Must do number one is you must create your commitment. We literally have authors sign a contract to themselves. It's not legally binding, of course, but it's a contract to themselves put up on your wall so that, you know, I have committed to this and this is a priority because I'll be the first to say writing a book. A lot of people say it's a priority, but their calendars don't reflect. It's a priority. When something else comes up, oh, the book doesn't bring in revenue today. Therefore, it's not the priority right now. Okay. I've seen this happen over and over again. So we make the commitment. The second thing that you must do if you decide self-publishing is the route you want to go is you have to set your intention. You have to decide why do you want to write this book internally? This is often the impact, the legacy, the familial reason. And then you have to decide why you want to make this book externally. And this is often the, the, the part where people are like, well, I don't really want to like express it because I'm nervous about it. I don't want to, I don't want to sound greedy or I don't want to sound like arrogant. And I say, no, this is exactly where you do that. What is the dream of why you want this? All the recognition, amazing, own it, right? And then the third thing that you must do is you must decide your book audience, your book niche, okay? And this is really critical because as we've talked about today, if, if, if you write a book that is about just everything and there's no nothing cohesive about it, people are going to be confused. Confused readers don't buy. Okay. 
So you've got to determine, okay, what is the audience for this? Who's the best reader for this? And is that reader the same person that I want to hire me on the back end? right? There's strategy there. There's, there's opportunity there. And I believe that the more niche down you can go, especially with an early book is going to give you more clarity around how to write it, which makes the messaging easier, which ultimately allows you to flow at a freer and more creative rate rather than getting bogged down by too many ideas. The fourth thing that you must do is what we call book time. This is where you literally put book time on your calendar and you honor that commitment, right? Reinforces that commitment. And then the fifth thing that you must do is you must find your accountability partner. All right. As much as I love my mom and I, and I, I love her to death, she's not the person I want as my accountability partner. She's not. I want her as my cheerleader, my encourager, my supporter. She could be my accountability partner, but I want her in that aspect. I want her as my, my colleague, my mom, my friend, you know, my supporter. Your accountability partner needs to be someone who's going to hold you accountable. Someone's going to call you out when you say, oh, you know what? I only worked on my book for 20 minutes this week. I'm not where I need to be. And they go, bullshit, like get to work, you know, like you got to start making it happen. And so I always say that those are the five must do's that if someone's like, I want to get started, that's where you got to take it. I love it. I love it. You're speaking our language because we always say too, well, Ariel and I host a workshop and one of our most foundational teachings that we teach online in person everywhere is called book mapping which is basically it's a it's a little bit of everything what you talked about but it's like have a plan is basically it like you have to have a plan you know like people who just sit down you know i admire their like grit and gumption just gonna like blaze full steam ahead you know that's better than nothing i suppose but it always goes better if you have a plan. It will save you a lot of work in the long term. And it will, yeah, like you said, hold you accountable, give you direction. Okay, Jake. So let's let's wrap up. And where can people connect with you? How do you want people to learn more about all of the amazing things that you've got going on? The the best place that I spend most of my time is on Instagram at Jake Kelfer. And for everyone that's listening here and for everyone that listens in perpetuity. If you enjoyed this and you want a free copy of my book, Big Idea to Bestseller, just message me on Instagram. I'll get you a copy and you can have access to it. Big Idea to Bestseller is my guide that that I've used. We've turned it into how to write, publish, and launch a nonfiction book to grow your business and make an impact. So you can find me on Instagram at Jake Kelfer. And if you'd like a free copy of my book, I'll give you the step-by-step instructions of how to go from Big Idea to Bestseller. Great points. This was an amazing conversation. Thanks, Jake. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was, this was a blast. Thanks for being part of the Hungry Authors community. If you like this episode, could you do us a huge favor? Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We would so appreciate it. You can also follow us on Instagram at hungryauthors or hungryauthors.com, our website, to get more information about our masterclasses and upcoming episodes. Remember that you have a story and a message worth publishing. And if you've got the hunger, you can make it happen. Thank you.